119 Ministries is now available on Roku, Apple TV, Google TV, Xbox Live, and more. You can now access dozens of free video teachings straight from your home television in the comfort of your home. If you would like to learn more, please visit us at testeverything.net. Hello, and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is still true and directly relevant in our lives. If you would like to know more on what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Ever been up against something big? I mean something that just seemed bigger than life. Something that just seemed completely impossible to overcome. I'd like to share a small story with a big message behind it. It starts in Numbers 13. Here we find where Moses sends 12 spies into the land that they were about to take over. This was given as a command from Yahweh. Numbers 13. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a prince among them. Please take note here. Yahweh was giving them the land. They just had to go in and possess it. And in Numbers 13, he sent them to check it out. It was kind of like a recon mission. You know, go in, check it out, and bring back a report. So, let's pick it up from there. Let's start at verse 25. Numbers 13, 25. And they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days. And they went and came to Moses, and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Howbeit, the people that dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Amalek dwelleth in the land of the south, and the Hittite, and the Jebusite, and the Amorite dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanite dwelleth by the sea, and along by the side of the Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses, and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, Let's pause here for a moment. Just after the bad report is given, Caleb steps up to the plate to turn the situation around. He tries to rally the troops, if you will, and get them to focus on the promise at hand. Then the other men spoke up and basically said, are you crazy? We can't do this. They are stronger than we are, which was probably true, but they're lying, for they are stronger than we are truly reveals what they were looking at, themselves, and not the Father. Continuing, verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had spied out unto the children of Israel, 
saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. <laughs> and so we were in their sight. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would it that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore doth Yahweh bring us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will be prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. <laughs> let us return into Egypt. <laughs> wow! They literally wanted to turn around and go back to the land of captivity instead of moving forward in the promises of Yahweh. That's the conclusion they came up with from the report. Now, in their defense, let's face it, they were looking at having to overcome giants, those that made them look like grasshoppers even. So, let's not come down on them too hard. However, then again, look at all they saw the hand of God do to the Egyptians. If he could split the Red Sea, I mean, really? Did they really think these giants were too much for God? Again, the problem here is that they weren't looking at God. They were looking at the giants. They were looking at the problem, not the problem solver. How easy this can be for anyone. We focus so much on the issue at hand that we forget just how awesome God really is. And the more we focus on the problem, the more it seems to grow, all the while making it seem that we'll never overcome it. Now, Let's read a few more verses from the text. Numbers 14, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were of them that spied out the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceeding good land. If Yahweh delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it unto us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against Yahweh, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is removed from over them, and Yahweh is with us. Fear them not. Here we see Joshua and Caleb trying to encourage the assembly. Their words are really few and to the point. Notice verse 8 again. If Yahweh delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it unto us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. If Yahweh delight in us. A line that is often overlooked. Joshua and Caleb knew that blessings accompany obedience. If he delights in us, meaning if he is pleased with us. Compare Hebrews chapter 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. And then they encourage the people to not rebel against God and to not fear the people of the land. Rebellion and fear. <laughs> Still the top two assassins of God's people to this day. Rebellion and fear really feed off of each other. When you fear, it tempts us to submit to whom you are fearing, thus rebelling against God. When we rebel, it leads us into fearing. It's the next line that I think is my favorite of this text. For they are bread for us. In other words, piece of cake. We got this thing. It's in the bag. These guys are nothing but manna that melts in the sun. <laughs> Joshua and Caleb knew that nothing could stop them if they were obeying the Father. Thus, we find similar words of Paul in the New Testament. Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Joshua and Caleb knew that it wouldn't be them overcoming the people of the land, but rather the Father doing so through them. <laughs> we need to realize that sometimes God calls us to do things that we ourselves simply can't do. Things that sometimes requires our faith in Him to be stretched to a new level. Things that give no doubt to whom the glory goes. And when we move forward in obedience, we see His hand at work in miracles. Yet, what happened? Did they give a positive response to Joshua and Caleb? <laughs> Hardly. Verse 10, But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of Yahweh appeared in the tent of meeting unto all the children of Israel. <laughs> they were getting ready to stone them when suddenly the Father steps in to break up the fight. Now, consider the words of Yahweh regarding these people. Verse 11, And Yahweh said unto Moses, How long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? For all the signs which I have wrought among them. In the eyes of Yahweh, if you're not trusting him, you're despising him. If you're not trusting him, you're basically treating his words with contempt. In essence, snubbing your nose at him. Saying in essence, I don't think you can do this, God, so I'm going to do things my way now. Which basically is what was happening here in the book of Numbers. As it is, we know that this generation did not enter the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb, that is. Now then, knowing this, let's move forward to the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 2, we see Joshua sending the spies to search out the land. Let's pick up where they come and report to Joshua. Joshua chapter 2, Then the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they told him all that had befallen them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, Yahweh hath delivered into our hands all the land, and moreover, all the inhabitants of the land do melt away before us. The report is a night and day difference in comparison to the first one that was given to Moses. 
Except for it being the next generation for the Israelites, nothing in the physical had changed. The same people are in the same land. All that changed was the hearts of the people on both sides. The difference? Obedience and trust instead of rebellion and fear. When we walk in obedience, we'll see His hand move in our lives. Please understand that this does not mean that hard times won't come. Job is a prime example of that. However, it does mean that we can make our way through that situation much better than if we didn't obey and trust. Every obstacle we face is an opportunity for us to grow and learn. And knowing that God is the same today as He was then, we need to understand that we can overcome whatever obstacle comes our way. We simply need to trust and obey. <laughs> Sounds a little oversimplified, doesn't it? But in reality, that's it. For some strange reason, our nature just wants to complicate things. And when we do so, we're only making it harder on ourselves. May we always learn from the mistakes of others. In this case, those who would not listen to Joshua and Caleb in the book of Numbers. Who are you looking at? The problem or the problem solver? Remember, the next time someone comes at you with a negative report, all you need to say is, piece of cake. We hope you've enjoyed this message. Remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations. In Genesis, we learn that the sun, moon, and stars are the perfectly ordained timepieces of our Creator. Each, of course, are designed to teach us how to biblically calculate the days, months, and years. Yet, there is so much confusion. Orthodox Jews have a version of the biblical calendar. Karaite Jews have a version of the biblical calendar. Even still, many more have their own versions of the biblical calendar. How are we to make sense of all this? There are few topics that inject more confusion into the body of the Messiah than trying to understand the calendar. How can we all be one when we are all divided? How are we to calculate His appointed times? What does the Word of God really teach? His Word teaches that two to three witnesses establish a matter. We bring you the witnesses and ask you to test everything. Watch in amazement as the Torah, the prophets, and our Messiah all teach in one accord, the one true biblical calendar, Time, our Creator's Calendar Series. For more information, visit us at testeverything.net.